Hello, and welcome to the Zero to 100K Hustle. And to today's episode, we have the wonderful Andy Taylor. Andy started in business many years ago, just working on the tools and fell into it. He'll go on to talk about his mindset struggles. We talk a little bit about HR, and we look at the process that he's gone through to get from where he once was to where he is today. This episode is really, really great for highlighting some really key points as part of all of us that we all need to have in order to build a successful business. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Andy, welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming all the way to sunny Cambridge. It's actually quite sunny today. Yeah, it's um, really nice out there. So let's start off with finding out a little bit about yourself. So what is it that you do in business and how have you got to where you are today? So my name is Andy Taylor. Uh, I've been in business for 15 years. Uh, I first went self-employed at around sort of 21. Um, on the tools, uh, very much just didn't really want to work for anyone anymore and just picked up a tool and started hitting stuff with a hammer really and kind of learned some skills had a property maintenance company which was was good fun but i didn't particularly enjoy being on the tools um bought a garden fencing company 10 years ago which was run down and um run by some older guys that wanted to retire built that from kind of two members of staff and doing five figures a year to seven figures a year with 10 members of staff over that 10-year period uh i sold that business in march and I started a property service accommodation Airbnb business back in the end of 21, 2021. So we've been doing that for a couple of years as well. So um, that's kind of my journey. I would say um, I was kind of the kid at school that that just did not operate in school very well. I struggled with anything that involved sitting down, writing, learning. I could physically do anything sport related, activity related. I just couldn't sit in class and learn anything. And I'd describe it to be, I'd literally fell out of school. Like I got four C's. I needed four C's to get into a sports college to play rugby, which I achieved just about. And, um, and if you would speak to anyone that I went to school with for them to think that I'd built a business and that most of the majority of my time I spend learning, reading books, um, helping other businesses and all that kind of stuff. They'd be like, who is this person that is now developed later? And it just kind of all happens. Right. I found the love for business. Uh, I had no ambition to build a big business when I started in business. It just kind of, I, I started to learn to love the process of what was involved in business and that kind of stuff. And it developed to um, finding self-development. Okay. And I just, I love learning new things and I love kind of, figuring stuff out and figuring people out, figuring myself out. And um, as you'll probably um, agree with me, self-development, this is never ending thing. Oh, 100%. Yes, I'm on that journey as well. There's always the, ne you know, you're ne always learning. Yeah, and I, 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 I thought, cool, I'll read a couple of books and I'll complete it. It'd, be, it'd just be completed. Like JF, the in-between is I just completed it. Yep. Um, but no, you open this box and this one book leads into this podcast, leads into this theory, leads into this practical thing. This works into business. And then this growth here creates this problem here. And it just creates all this stuff. And for a long time, I was like, I just need to complete it. Yeah. Okay. And I think probably more recently after maybe probably seven years, maybe seven or eight years of, of kind of working on myself and on my businesses of going, actually, it's just a never ending thing. 
okay. enjoy yeah. the process and accept that I'm not going to be perfect at all the stuff. I think something you've said there, which is really key, is about enjoying the process mm. because it's so easy to get so stuck under the you need to be this, you want to be this, everyone else is achieving so much and you feel like you're not there yet. Well, actually, really, you may not never get there. That The destination is something to aim towards and then enjoy the process. It's not getting stuck and saying, I need to be here because when you reach here, you're going to want to go to that next level. So, yeah, I'm totally understanding of that. Yeah, I think... Um I, I heard, and I can't, I couldn't tell you where I heard it from. And it was talking, it was talking in relation to social media and, and also a little bit kind of, um, when you first meet people, they are, they are showing you their external self, which is the polished, finished, good stuff. And you're comparing your internal self to them. Yes. The internal self where you doubt your abilities. You don't think you do it. You've got imposter syndrome. You're not ready for this next thing. You can't do this thing. And you're comparing that to what somebody's put on social media or how they're presenting themselves at a networking event where they're polished and they've practiced it and they've worked on that video or that um, kind of intro thing. And I was like, that's the, a great bit of advice of going, actually, like I'm comparing myself to something that, that's not even remotely comparable. Yes. They could be dealing with loads of stuff internally that you don't know about unless you have a deep conversation with them. Yeah. You just presume that this external self, they are totally polished. They have no internal difficulties. They've never struggled with anything. They are just polished as they've made out to be in front of you. And I was like, actually, that's that does make me feel a bit better. Yeah. I'm still not perfect. And I still get it. Like I still, I, the imposter syndrome, especially, I feel a lot. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. I go through that quite a lot. We're thinking, I don't deserve this, or you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not good enough to do these things. Mm-mm. Um. I yeah. totally feel you on that. I think um, that's exactly where I started not long ago, just continuously feeling that you're not really that person. You, you're not ready for that. You can't, you know, because you think you see these other people way ahead of us and you look at them and say, well, I'm nowhere near that. So surely I can't go for that opportunity. It's not possible for me. But actually what I do a lot of work on now is around getting out of your own way and actually it, embracing that and going that's fantastic they're there what am i going to do to take the steps to go towards that so yeah yeah definitely yeah. i think it's um it's a it's like it's like all of it isn't it it's just it's a it's a skill that needs to be learned and honed and where you, you might get good with one thing you become bad at something else yes. and um i as recently as december last year so we're talking a few months ago um i had a bit of a wobble I really was struggling with like what my purpose was, why I was doing this stuff. And I had a conversation with a good mentor of mine and I, I had a bit of a breakdown and started crying. I'm like, I just don't know why I'm doing this stuff. Like none of this stuff fulfills me. None of this stuff is working for me. I can't find the motivation to do this stuff. And he just said, look, you, have you read um, Dr. Don Demartini's book, The Values Factor? Fantastic. And I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, and he was like, go back to the values in it. And it's got, in the book or on his website, he's got like the 13 questions. It writes it out. And each question, it gives you an example and tells you what you need to put into that point. And it's everything from how you, what things you keep in your home, uh, what do you focus on, what's important to you, loads of different bits. And I went back and did it and I was like, I can... I'm starting to see it now. I'm working on stuff that just doesn't sit in my values and I'm not doing enough things that really like fill my cup, make me feel good. Um, I think it's the power of like a good mentor, having like a good person around you that just goes, 
just go back to basics and figure this out. Like it doesn't have to be, and I'm, I'm very much like, why isn't, why isn't this thing my thing? Like yeah, I've always yeah, wanted yeah. this big thing goal that's going to light me up and I'm going to create this business that makes me a multimillionaire and I'm going to love every minute of it. Mm. Whereas I think because I've had business in the past that have been successful and I haven't enjoyed. So it, I constantly go back to that as I don't want that. And I think that is always in the back of my head to go, I don't want to go back to there. Um, but yeah, for me, there's, there's a couple of things in there. Like for me, that that was a big learning a while ago to be able to show that kind of emotion to anyone. Yes, like I okay. couldn't have shown that emotion to somebody maybe two or three years ago. It just wasn't part of me. I just couldn't have done that. And I trusted this person and I felt comfortable enough to just be honest and just go, that oh, this ain't fucking right. And um, he was a great enough person just to go, look, let's just look at the basics of this. Why isn't it working? Yeah. And wow. literally gave me some great advice in the moment and then messaged me the next day and went, look, go back to this book and read this stuff and then come back to me. Wow. And you're like, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. So it strips you right back to basics, basically. Yeah, just, uh, and I, I'm good at, like I could tell, I, I could read a book or I could listen to a podcast in the car before I got here. I think that's really great. And then I might spend the next day or so talking about how great it was. And then it, over time, if you don't keep continuing to share that knowledge, and I think um, oh, I can't remember who said it now. There was, there was um, somebody um, was talking about when you learn something, the best way to learn it and keep the information is to teach somebody else what you've learned. Um, and I think it's kind of the same as if you keep telling people about the things that you've learned, it sticks. But what I find is in the moment, it got all the I can remember it to the literally the finest detail, and then maybe two weeks or a month down the line, I maybe remember some of it, but not all of it. Okay. And the book book was the same. Yeah, and I, I totally relate to you. And that is exactly why it actually brings me straight on to why I'm doing this podcast. Because I was taking in so much information over the past two years in property education, business. I've taken so much in, read so many books. And I was finding that I ended up just overwhelmed with it because it was going in, but I was not. it was not going out either. So that's exactly why it's brought me here to this podcast to start sharing that stuff, help other people. And then that in turn's Put, you know cements it into me and then helps everyone as well so that's exactly why i wanted to do this yeah 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 and i've launched a podcast or i'm in the process of launching podcasts yeah. as well and i'm doing it for very much the same reasons that, what was your podcast called so prime knowledge podcasts going to be released hopefully later on this month next few weeks or so um it's very much a personal love of podcasts i've loved podcasting ever since i discovered podcasts however long ago that was mm -hmm. um it's a, a, an audio medium that i find really easy to learn from right. so yeah. i've talked about launching a podcast probably for four or five years right okay um, okay and me and a friend of mine we recorded some episodes pre-covid yeah like tester episodes um i think in hindsight it probably wasn't in a good enough place or uh equipped enough to do a good enough job back then right um and it so it didn't happen and then now it just kind of feels like the right time it sort mm. of fits into the the prime knowledge training business that we're launching. So that's cool as well. And that's all again, same as you is like, I love to learn all this stuff, but then where do I put it? Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. either you've either got to, you've either got to teach somebody else it. So you can kind of give that benefit to somebody else, or you take it as a business mindset stuff. You do the mindset work or you put it into a business and go, this is marketing, whatever it might be. And you just shove it in a business and then it works. Otherwise it's just, it's all it's all great reading a book, isn't it? But I think ultimately, when it's a business mindset and it's practical, you need to 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 
act on it as well. Yeah, act on it to, to reap the rewards of what you're learning, essentially. Yeah. Um, so let's just bring it back a bit. So there's a lot of amazing things you've done there. And there's amazing things you're doing, which is brilliant. So let's go back. So for the audience, there might be people who are just starting out in business. And you aired on the idea that you just picked up a hammer and you sort of started your business like that. Just take us back to then. How did that come about? What were you feeling to make you go down that route rather than, you know, a classic, more of a classic or different route? So I probably went down uh, a route where I hated my day job. Um, I was working for a company. I got promised all these things um, and I didn't get what I was promised in an interview. The money wasn't great. Um, And my dad came to me with an opportunity and he said, look, I've started this property maintenance company um i've got too much work i can't keep up with it um i can guarantee you i think he said something like i can guarantee you six weeks worth of work now i was like but if we if we do a good job and we you know go to so so the job the the business at the time uh property maintenance we were doing in between tenant refurbs for lettings agents okay and we were going in ripping out kitchens bathrooms decorating clearing gardens, fitting sheds, fences, that kind of stuff. So we were just, as soon as a tenant would leave and if it needed a full refurb, that's kind of what we did. Nothing like back to brick, that sort of stuff, but we would do the kind of main internal stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, And I just really enjoyed that process and that one month led to maybe three years worth of work that we did together where I would do the big projects and my dad would do the small smaller jobs he'd come in or he'd go into tenanted properties and fix a lock and sort out a broken window and i would go to big projects and i would just on my own for a long time just on my own just fit kitchens and bathrooms and do all the tiling and that sort of stuff and for a while that was quite rewarding and then after a while it just wasn't so rewarding i I wanted to not be on the tools and I i don't think i really thought about business for the first maybe like really thought about why I was doing it or what I was doing or what the goal was for me five years, maybe okay. even longer. Okay. I just, I just, I hated my job enough to not want to do it. I enjoyed the new business stroke, basically job for myself. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't earning great money. I was still basically working more than full time for a similar kind of money, but I didn't have to report to somebody I didn't like. Yeah. And Ultimately, I just didn't really think about it. I had no thought about what, why am I doing this and what's my goal and how much do I want to earn and do I want to employ star? I just didn't have those questions or thoughts. Yeah. I was like, and I think a lot of that came from, like I talked about earlier, is I was the kid that was set to be a professional athlete, otherwise nothing. Okay. But there was nothing else there. I was like, I was a great rugby player. I was really good athletically at lots of different sports. If And I, I'm sure like you go back, if I, I don't think I've got my yearbooks, it probably would have said something along the lines of shit at school, but could run and do sport. Okay. And okay. so then when I went to try and become a professional athlete and it didn't work, my mindset was like, well, then there is nothing else for me. All I can do is just work. Okay. So right. I've always been able to work hard. Um, that's probably the one thing my parents have always instilled in me, just work hard, just okay. do the work, but never like, you could also work hard and grow a business and then somebody else could do the work for you later on down the line. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's, it's getting out of the, what some might suppose to be traditional thinking. It's, yeah, it's it's not just going to school, working for someone else. It was it was that part of it, I guess, that was different. Um, okay, that's really interesting. And just 
uh, for my own intrigue, you mentioned about potentially of going down the athlete route. Was that in rugby? It was in rugby, yeah. Okay. And so what age were you looking at doing that before it changed? So I went to college at Hartbury College, which is or was linked with Gloucester Rugby. Yeah. Um, way back when, a couple of years ago now. Um, I realized it. I- <clears throat> excuse me i realize actually it's been 20 years since i was there um as time flies and stuff i don't feel 20 years older but Mm. my body does a bit but um yeah with with all with intentions i was a really great player and and if i'm honest i didn't have the mental i didn't have the mental toughness to uh become a professional athlete at that point Um, okay so if you hadn't yeah, sorry to interrupt. I didn't have the like mental toughness, if you will. So I went, I went to, I went to college with, and then university for a little bit. But by that point, I'd lost the love of all of it. Um, and I, there was, there was like, there would be a, a couple of different types of players there that that became professional rugby players. And you got the one example on one hand who was the most gifted athlete, probably one of the best players that turned up at the academy in like day one. You're like, they're going to be a professional rugby player. There's no doubt about it found alcohol, drunk a lot, became a semi-professional, did okay for themselves, but never, they had more than enough potential to, to have been a great role player and just didn't. And then you've got another player who turned up as just some kid that was like, okay, fairly like physically big guy, which obviously helps in certain positions. Spent two years of our time at college just working skill, got in the gym every single day, followed every single weight program, you know, went from being overweight to being absolutely stacked, like properly looking like a road player, put so much effort into the skill, didn't drink, didn't go out, didn't do any of that stuff. And somebody that potentially didn't really have the skill to become a road player, forced that through by that just sheer want and determination to do that thing. And I kind of sat right in the middle of that. I had some good athletic skills. I was physically capable, although at the time quite small for a rugby player. Um, and I just completely lost it mentally. So I got to about 16 years old and suddenly went from being a kid where I was kind of an average within within rugby. And I got to college where guys were big and they were, they were suddenly, even at 16 years old, they were like men. And I didn't have the mental capacity or maybe a good mentor around me to go, look, you just have to keep grinding here. Yeah. You have to keep working at it. You have to keep doing your thing. And eventually it will come good for you. Mm, and mm. I just just believed that I physically didn't have it. I I mentally couldn't do it, and I I didn't take the opportunity that I had at that time. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, and I don't think I I have. I still don't have enough of that mental capacity now. I think that's a it's a skill that you you will have, and also you can train yourself to have. Yeah, and I don't think that I really realized how hard you have to work sometimes to become an elite like an athlete of any description you have to have that kind of mentality where you can just go when it hurts keep pushing when you get rejected all the time when you don't make contracts when you don't make teams when things aren't working out when you've got injuries and it's hard and you don't know when you're going to come back and it's all those kind of stuff and i i I talked about with a good friend of mine, Joe, on our podcast about kind of the relationship between sport and business and where we use a lot of like sport analogies and the way sport puts teams together and builds like um, a great 
culture within sport and we take that into business but then sport isn't very good at taking it from business and making good teams that don't just go bust at the professional level yes. and i think um there's so much overlap between like sport and business there's so many things that kind of overlap and yeah i can look back on it now and go look i had an opportunity i didn't take and it's hard to look back on stuff like that and go i could have done more if i'd just had the mental capacity and i think probably maybe two years ago i realized okay okay i'd, I'd made excuses and stuff mm. like that and then i realized like you know what you didn't take the opportunity you had you could have done if you'd wanted to you just didn't have it at the time yeah, yeah no and listen to all of that i really wanted to highlight and you did it really really nicely how actually trying to or being in that surrounding of becoming an athlete actually from everything you've said is exactly like a business really it's you know what we say in in business really in mindset is it's all about the 80 20 rule so it's 20 percent of what you do but it's actually 80 percent your mindset and how you're thinking um and that is just what i wanted to highlight that because you luckily did come out with that but it really sounds very similar you've got such a mindset issue um it's not an issue but a mindset you've got to have to push through and get to that elite level just like in business business you can do the easy route but it's often going to be the slower and probably more problematic if you go the harder work a little bit more work on your mindset put all, you're all into it it's hopefully going to get you there a little bit quicker i guess so yeah and i think yeah and, I, and it's um it is yeah it's just a it's a funny thing isn't it i think for every difficult decision you make in a business typically there'll be a good thing on the other side of it but when you go into that difficult decision and and, and the easiest way for me to describe this to people listen today is, is if you're employing a staff and team a team within your business you bring people in whether that's just that first person or that you've got a team of people that are working for you at some point you're going to have a to have a difficult conversation with somebody about their absence from work they're underperforming uh then they don't fit your culture they're not doing the work they need to do and ultimately that that conversation will be horrific in the moment the lead up to that conversation is going to be horrible. You're going to feel like this is going to be the worst conversation I've had in the world. They're going to punch me in the face. It's going to be awful. They're going to tell me to F off and walk out and I'm going to have a job that needs to be done that that nobody else can do except this person or whatever it might be. And you build up to this big thing and then you have the conversation and then you either rectify the problem or you don't and then you have to, they leave or you have to replace them or you find someone else that can do the job properly. Yeah. And it, it's actually not as bad as you think it is we sort of build these things up and make these things way harder than they need to be because of our mindset and because we always think everything's going to be worse. Whereas actually, you know, you you remove that person that's ruining the culture within your business and the next, the very next day, your company culture is 10x, yeah. like got better just from removing one person that you were too scared to have a difficult conversation with because you thought it was going to be hard. Whereas actually it, it creates all these benefits off the back end that you just mm. can't, see through that initial conversation yeah i i uh yeah i absolutely know where you're coming from i've had to do that once myself in in uh, the family business a few years ago and the the way i felt leading up to it was that a family was, member no it wasn't it no. was just uh, so I, I, that would be <laughs> even worse like no not a family member but it was it was just one of the team members and it was the dread of well he'll probably leave so in fact, it turned out I didn't want to leave, but I had to make him leave in the end. <laughs> but it was the case of that's another job we need to fill. You're hurting someone else, potentially hurting someone else's feelings. Although it's not personal, people take things personally like that because, you know, they, it's about them. So they, they take it that way. 
Um, so yes, I've had to do that. I felt those feelings and they weren't very nice. But at the end of the day, we did that. We, we Like you say, someone else came along not too in the future. It wasn't that far ahead from when that happened. And the team was better and we progressed on and it was all fine. But um, we definitely spent a lot of time probably winding ourselves up about situations. I do it now as, as somebody who's a public speaker. I spend a lot of time wanting to be on stage, but just before you go on the stage or an hour before or a couple of hours before you start to wind yourself up about it. And it's really difficult to control your mindset and your state to go, actually, this is fine. You've done it before, you know, let's, but it's your natural instincts. It's yeah, your yeah. fight and flight. It's, it's what we do. Um, so great, a great bit of advice that, um, our mentor, Tony Gargan gave to me when I was really struggling in my old business. It was all around the time that I was selling the business and I was really struggling with the whole process. Um, and she said to think about the situation you're in is to kind of rise above the situation like you're in a helicopter and just look down on the situation as if, as if you weren't you, you were just somebody observing the situation. And what you do by doing that is you take the, all of the emotion that you feel in the situation, you take the emotion out of it. Mm. And when you hover above it as if you're somebody else, and it sounds a bit like woohoo and a bit mental, but if you really do it in a situation you're really struggling with because there's all this emotion in there, you can suddenly go, actually, no, this isn't actually that difficult. Like the, the, the logical thing of this person would go, the problem's X and Y is the solution and that will lead to this. Do this to this and this together and that will solve the problem and then you will get the solution. But when you're in that emotional moment, all you can see is how negative it's going to be. What's the reaction going to be like? What are they going to be like? What's that member of staff going to do when I have to ask them to leave and let them go? Or, you know, I've employed a few members of staff. Some of, uh, a lot of them have been amazing. And I've kept staff in my previous business for a, one of my members of staff was with me for like 12 years. And uh, when I sold that business, that was really difficult because I'd, I'd employed him for his like whole adult life. But like, um, it's one of those things where you you kind of you it's just it's part of the business process yeah and, and like today we've talked about obviously where you start your business and that kind of stuff but at some point you're gonna have to think about employing someone yeah and i hear people all the time will go don't want to employ people people are terrible but they're always bad staff are always bad they're awful all this stuff and i'm like no not necessarily no. you need to you as a person need to take yourself out of the equation. Yes. You need to generate a really good hiring process. That process needs to be, and I talked uh, a good friend of ours, Joe Taylor on my podcast recently, and we were talking about um, is hiring slowly, firing fast. Um, I think it's a Gary V thing. So go through a really elaborate hiring process. Yes. Take your ego out of the way, employ them. And if they're not very good, Take your ego out to go, well, I've employed this really bad person and go, actually, look, it just hasn't worked out. Mm. They've got, I've put this giant net in a way and I can siphon out all these people that didn't work. I've employed the, the person that was, I thought was perfect and they're not. Yeah. They don't fit our culture. They don't work in the way that we work and you let them go. Mm. And the way employment work, the way we employ people in the UK works that anything within the first year, you're pretty good to kind of let them go with no reason. If they're within their probation period, you need, uh, like within a year, there at least needs to be a reason. Within three months, you can, within a probation period, you can just basically just let them go for any reason that they just don't fit. Um, and within reason, obviously. Yes. And you can extend the probation period. So if it's not really working out, extend the probation period. But I would say if you're getting to three months in 
to employing a member of staff, if this is your very first member of staff and you're thinking about extending a probation period, like why? Yes. Like you if that's to... your if that's your very first member of staff, they need to be creating an environment for you to do more of what's important to your business. One hundred percent. Which could be in the beginning, can be a case of just getting you off the tools maybe yes um and we talked about the other businesses you're in about how what's the next step for you and how that looks and i think yeah they have to be doing something to benefit you in that scenario yes because how somebody comes into your business when it's they're the first member of staff and how number 200 comes into the business is very different yes the culture's changed the business has changed the dynamics different mm. where they might be one-to-one with you every single day if you've got 200 members of staff in your office you're probably not going to know half of them. You might only know a quarter of them intimately. You might, or, you know, if you're somebody that the business kind of runs itself, you might not even know anyone past management level very well at all. Yes. Yeah. And that's okay if that's the business you're trying to build. Like, grow whatever business you want. But I think it's be aware of what it is that you're doing. Mm. And yeah, the, the the higher slow fire fasting has been something that I wish I'd known in the beginning. Okay. I okay. really wish I'd known and had that advice to go, it's not about you. It's not about your ego. And also go, I was always like so scared that it, I would never find somebody else. Yes. So it was like, there's nobody else that needs a job anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't be able to fill this role. It'd be impossible. Whereas actually there's plenty of people that want the job. There's plenty of people that will work hard. You just need to find that right person that fits your culture and your business. Yeah. And all, and all the other dynamics that come into that business, you start get going from like one to four members of staff. You need to be aware that that you have introverted people and extroverted people in that mix. Because if everyone's introverted, nothing's happening and there's no dynamism and the work environment is really dull. But at the same time, if they're all extroverted, there's going to be a lot of conflict. Yes. And also where possible is like mix, have a diverse mix of people from yes. different backgrounds and hopefully genders, depending on what kind of business sector you're in. So it's a really mix of different ideas that come into the business. And then that mix works really well. Mm. And you create this really good dynamic. Like yeah. in my previous business, unfortunately, I, I couldn't, I, I struggled to employ women in our business. We were uh, a garden supplies company. We were fitting. It was outdoor work. It was hard manual work. And, and, and I couldn't find women to work. I would have loved to have had more women in the business because that would have, that would have created a, a much better dynamic within the work environment and mm -hmm. i think yeah you've got to think about all those things from member staff number one is like and also knowing that m staff member number one after six months and you've grown your business it's changed or after a year and your business changed they might not fit anymore and that's okay too yes yes yeah 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 Wow, we've gone on to a lot there. That's I don't know if I've just gone off on a little tangent. I saw a lot of thingy and you're looking at me and I'm like, am I just going on about something that I wasn't? No, it's great tonight? because yeah. it's great because, you know, all of us in this on this podcast are probably on a business mission somewhere and we will all be coming up with problems and, and, and scenarios like that. So I think it's actually really good to talk about that. Um because often if you're starting a side hustle, you don't think that far ahead. You think about, you know, I just need to get my first product sold, get my but actually having a slightly bigger view and going, well, I'm going to sell this many products, but when am I going to need that person? How am I going to go about doing that? It's really yeah. important. I think Even we, had a, a we had a conversation. Yeah. We, yeah. And a VA is amazing hmm. way of working around that. Yeah. You can have them part-time that they're abroad. It's, it's like a temp, it's kind of like a temporary running contract. It's easy to bring them in and out if you need to. That's a really good bit of advice. I hadn't worked with VAs till really recently. Hmm. Um, and we had a conversation the other day, isn't it? It was about one of your businesses about like, setting up this five-year plan 
yes. of what it looked like for your business and going, okay, we, we go, look, it's X number. It looks like this. And to make that happen, I need this amount of vehicles, this amount of members of staff. I need this much availability. I need to have these systems and processes. And then you work it back to year one and then you work it back to the next quarter and you go, well, right now, all I need to do is I need some more work now. Yeah. And then I go, here's my marketing plan for that thing. And then each each quarter, you just kind of keep adding stuff in. And even if you get to the five-year plan and the business is not even remotely the same and it's moved to, a com- it's taken a right turn and gone completely somewhere else, that kind of happens. Yeah. And it's about having that, again, it goes back to having a destination. You're not going to, you won't necessarily hit that destination because things change, but by having that and the goals and the mission towards it will then take you down that road. And it might not be the same result in five years time, but we were heading in that direction and whatever, wherever we are, we have moved forward and uh, yeah. So that makes good sense. Um, but let's bring it back a bit. Slow it down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, add, in, add in the slow music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now I just want to talk about um, the importance of power teams. Because, and we sort of touched upon it there about employment. But before all of that, we need to talk about, you know, you're just starting a business. Who should we be looking for to actually execute the business what sort of power team and people did you need to t- i know you started on your tools and you worked for a number of years doing it that way but at some point you needed people not necessarily employed but systems around and people around you to help you so have you got any advice on that so yeah so i did start on the tools and i wouldn't and i started a new business again two years ago and i've just started a new business now and i'm very much not on the tools and will continue to not be on the tools as long as i can i wouldn't do it that way again if i had the opportunity because even though I was 20 years old or 21 or whatever it might have been at that point where I was physically capable of just grinding at the tools all day long. Um, I don't think that's operationally the best thing you can do with your time. If you've got an ability to learn something and and work on yourself and you're, you have a, an open mindset, you can kind of do whatever it is mm. in your business. And I think Power Teams is is um really interesting kind of thing to look at is the first thing I would look at is internally is what is it you want to do? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And then go, okay, well, my strengths are X, Y, and Z. And that might be um, my strengths are marketing, advertising, customer facing, well, like whatever it might be. My weaknesses, spreadsheets, numbers, um, stock, whatever it might be. And then you kind of go, okay, so what position do I need to fill that role? And can I, do I bring a staff member in? Can a VA do it? Can uh, can I use an outsource company to do that? And then you just start bolting these bits in where you need to because you can subcontract those things out. So one of the best things I did when I when I took over the garden fencing company is I took on a bookkeeper. Outsource company, really simple. And again, a VA can do that as well. VAs are actually really good at that now. That's something that a VA can do really, really easily. And you can, it gets rid of this endless amount of, paperwork reconciling finding receipts you just have a a system to dump all your receipts into like a digital app and then they just mop up the details and if you miss stuff they're like at the end of each month they're like where's this receipt where's this stuff and that and then you just find it for them okay um so bookkeeper was probably one of the first things that i bought in as a completely amateur business owner i would agree i have tried i've done several businesses now and they have all I've tried both ways. I've tried doing it myself 
which I don't enjoy it, but I was, you know, trying to save money. Um, and I've done it with bookkeepers. Definitely bookkeeper is the way forward because they know software. They know exactly what they're doing. And, and then all you have to do is, you know, all I did was file them up over a month or a week, depending on how busy the business is, pass it over. And it's done and you don't have to worry about it. So, Well, the good thing now, you've got lots of software like Xero and QuickBooks and those kind of stuff, all apps on your phone. You can load stuff in there. You can use any kind of file sharing software where you can dump receipts into it. So, And also they'll take copies of stuff now. Whereas before you used to have to have like a physical paper copy, a receipt stapled into a folder and all handed over to bookkeeper every week. Whereas now it's like, well... Most of the stuff I can put in there, yeah. I can email invoices straight to them yeah. and they've got it and then they deal with it and then there will just be a few things you miss on a monthly basis and then suddenly it's it's easy work for them because it's digital. It's really easy work for you because you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, and I think it's um, it's a little bit like what we were talking about earlier. Is like, does does that fit into your values? Are you an accountant stroke bookkeeper that's grown an accountancy stroke bookkeeper? bookkeeping company yes then yes do the bookkeeping or accountancy if you're not doing those things don't fucking do it and actually it's really important just to keep on top of it as well because yeah. if you if you if you're not one of those people you're going to lose receipts which potentially you're losing money if you're VAT registered etc cetera, etc cetera. um and also there's so many people out there that can help you and it's not that expensive now no. and um, no, I think the first the first bookkeepers I was paying were based in this country small little company and I, I was paying I don't know, like 20 quid an hour um, and they were doing, you know, 300 quid a month, 400 quid a month mm. to run a seven figure company that was running through probably 10 to 20 invoices a day, like, yeah. you know, sales invoices. So, I mean, and but a lot of that's digitally, a lot of it now is done. You, you, you plug your system into zero, it reconciles it all, then it will pick up the bank statement automatically and then it will just say well i need these receipts and then they just take the receipts out of your pot and put it in there so it's it's not as difficult as like even five years ago when they would need every single physical piece of receipt you've created anywhere and they needed a paper copy and it had to be folded and it all had to be together so So, yeah it's um yeah bookkeeping was probably the first thing i did yeah and actually, it's probably cheaper than ever now because of everything you've just said, because the software's there and everything's so simple. AI even is probably the cheapest it could ever be. So if you're not an accountant, make sure you get a bookkeeper. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say there. <laughs> um, right, let's move on because time is moving on fast. So let's talk about overcoming challenges and failures because this is a really big topic. There's a lot of podcasts on failures and things like that. But let's talk about yours and how you overcome those. So let's pick out your biggest or most pivotal moment that you would call a a failure or a challenge that you've then had to overcome and how that is significant and how it might help other people. Perfect. Great question and um, brilliant lead in. So thank you for that. And so for me, um, during COVID, my business was the most successful it had ever been. Uh, we had a garden fencing company, um, me and my business partner, and we manufactured sheds, we made gates, we supplied and fitted, we sold material, and we shut for the first bit of COVID, and then we, after five weeks, we reopened, and were, we were already busy before. It went mental, so we grew the team by four or five members of staff during that period, 
had our best year revenue wise um and on the outside it would seem like it was all going perfect and dandy and um it wasn't i was really struggling with my own mental health um i was doing a very typical guy thing of shoving my head in the sand and ignoring it um and looking back on it in hindsight i'd probably been uh unwell for maybe a year before um and i i am um, my own worst enemy as as a lot of guys might be able to relate to this is going i come home from work and my wife would ask me um and want a, a um a proper answer how are you how was your day and she's asking because she cares and she actually wants to know a truthful answer but because i was dealing with some shit not very well on my own thinking that no one wanted to listen to what i had to say yeah, yeah i'm fine yeah today was fine when i wasn't and it wasn't um and i was just literally just sucking it up and dealing with it um and not dealing with it very well and in october uh 2020 maybe i basically had a bit of a breakdown um on my birthday and just said i'm um, i'm depressed i don't want to do this anymore um and i don't think i was at a point where from a point of view i don't want to be here i never felt like that i just felt like nothing i did felt like it was my purpose and all this all the external success that people would say oh the business is doing really great it's doing great i see your guys everywhere you're fitting stuff out. i see your fans all over the place you must be doing great you must be doing loads of money you must be amazing i'm like no i don't enjoy any of this i'm it doesn't fulfill me i don't enjoy my day-to-day i was working lots of hours i was responsible for everything i was responsible for all of the money's in and out and all the responsibility that went with that and i think and the pressure of providing enough work for the guys and providing for their families and what they needed and it was a lot of pressure um and instead of just having a conversation with the the person in my life that i should be able to share everything with i just i lied i basically just lied for a long time about how i felt and in that moment i said i'm depressed i don't want to talk about it um, and that was the first moment that I opened up to say, look, I've got depression. I'm not dealing with this very well. I'm not dealing with any of this stuff very well. And um, I would really like to talk to someone about it. Wow. And um, I still get emotional about it now. It's, it's, a, it's a really weird one for me um, because I don't, I wouldn't say I would, I'm lucky because I, I go to events now and like we do, we speak at, at property events on stage. And I share that story with people in uh, um, the f- not uh, uh, like a more fuller story than that, but the whole the whole thing of kind of what led to it and stuff. And at the end of the uh, at the end of the the gig, I I always get people come over and they'll always have a conversation about um, as a guy how they've struggled with depression. And I speak to some people that were so bad, you know, they literally couldn't get out of bed for months. That they felt suicidal. They wanted to end their life. And I think actually, whether I knew it or not, whether it was it was conscious or unconscious. The words came out of my mouth where I said, I'm depressed. And that catalyst was the kind of catalyst for me to make change. I started talking to people more. Um, I'm now better at checking my emotions when I come in. If, if Rach asked me, how was your day? Um, and probably a year or so ago, I caught myself. Um, I came in, how was your day? Yeah, fine. And she looked me straight in the face and she went, really? And I went, no, it's fucking, I've had a really bad day. I feel really shitty. 
and this is what's happening, this is what's going on, and I can't deal with this. Um, I couldn't tell you why I felt that way, what led to that occasion, but I can remember that occasion because I'm, Rach is incredible. She's my um, amazing wife. She's incredible. And she just got this amazing way of just, just, just getting on with stuff. Was I need to know where it's going and what the path is and what this looks like and where we're going and all this other spiritually sort of stuff. And she's like, yeah, I'm just going to get up tomorrow and do a bit of work. I'm going to look after the kids. I'm going to be a mum and gonna smash that stuff and just kind of get on with it. And it's amazing how she has that amazing ability to do that. Mm. And she just kind of, and I kind of unload all this stuff and she went, okay, let's, let's solve that problem. And we just literally went through the problem. And she went, okay, cool. Like the answer to this is, could you do this? Could you do that? And we literally just solved the problem. And just by having that conversation where I was open instead of lying about it, suddenly I was like, oh, cool. Okay. I probably can do something about this. Or I make a decision where by opening up and talking about it, that might have solved the problem in the inside. Honestly, I couldn't tell you what it was. I can just mm. picture the scene in my kitchen. My wife's cooking dinner and she, she's cooking dinner and listening to me and, and making sure the kids are okay in the other room. I'm sat on a kid's chair in the middle of the kitchen floor. Like It's one that's like not even a foot off the floor. Like It's tiny. Yeah. Like getting emotional about some stuff at work or whatever it was that was going on that I wasn't dealing very well with. And yeah, it's just like, okay, cool. Let's, let's, could you do this? Could you do that? What about this? Would this solve a problem or could you do that? And then I don't know if I went away and did the thing she said or if I just, by talking, it was enough. Mm. But for me, it was a big moment to go, I checked it in a moment to go, ah, you're doing it again and you're not being honest. And by, but, and that, and that has been something that I've been much better at mm, mm. looking at, certain things in my life that work better for me you know i'm better at knowing that exercise is really important for me um mentally more than physically yeah. if i get that in multiple days in the week i'm all, always in a better state yeah. however challenging it might be and however tired i am physically it will always make me feel better mentally so if we were gonna have a conversation today in fact probably um i interviewed george on my podcast a few weeks ago and i probably would have done a workout just before that because I know that that will wake my mind up and I feel more uh, uh, like able to kind of deal with situations yes. and my mind works better. So that's probably, that was probably the biggest catalyst for change. And that started a process for me of selling my previous business, which I did in March this year, um, which wasn't a particularly easy process, but in, I'm glad that I went through that process. It's, um, it's not very easy selling businesses, so get support and get some help doing that. Um, and I started a, a property business with my wife, who um, has been amazing through that process as well. And we've created an Airbnb business. Uh, now are starting to invest in property, buying um, properties and converting them into HMOs, which is cool as well. And that's all part of the kind of grand plan of growing some wealth alongside some businesses. Yeah. Uh, doing some training businesses and doing some business coaching and hopefully like the podcast give back a little bit hopefully help some people in business kind of work through some stuff that's not working for them mm. um i've had some amazing help from some amazing uh coaches and mentors they've really helped me and i feel like it's now it's now my opportunity to work with some other people okay help them work through some stuff help them with stuff i've dealt with in the past and kind of find a solution to getting them the business they want and a successful business, but also a personal life that works for them as well. Yes. Um, I'm not perfect. I'm still working on some stuff. I had a wobble only a few months ago, but I've got great people around me now that are guiding me through that stuff. 
Yeah. So that's quite a long answer to the question. I've sort of lost what the original question was, but I'm hoping that was kind no, of that's covered absolutely, stuff. Yeah, that was absolutely fine. So it's about your cha- your sort of a big challenge and setback that you've had and how you overcome it. And really what you're saying there, a lot of it is about actually, particularly as a man, and, and often men are the same, opening up to people around We're you. We're simple beings, right? We yes. are very simple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and I love that you've got Rachel by your side. That's amazing. And I've met Rachel. She's great. Um, met her in, uh, she does a lot of work with mentoring essay students. Yeah. So uh, that's amazing. Need any help with essay and systems? Like she knows everything there is to know about systems. Yeah. Honestly, like I, I could tell you what systems run an essay business. I could tell you what they do, but if you told me to log into it and work it, I'd have no clue. No, no. Like I have no idea how any of them set into the system. I know they're doing stuff. Yeah. But she'll tell you that it does this and it does that. And if you mm-hmm. click here and you do this and you mess around with this algorithmy bit and it does this, and I'm like, cool. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool, but I don't want to know that stuff, actually. You, you yeah. clearly can. Oh, she just in it, takes all this information in and just processes it and just figures it out. Oh. Whereas I'm like two minutes into a tutorial video about some system to do the bit. I'm like, I'm half asleep here and not really listening. <laughs> oh, so I just watched this video. It's amazing. I can do this. And I'm like, okay, I'd, um, I've, you've lost me already. Oh, no, I love it. I love it. I love that you've got that dynamic between the relationship. That's really good. And actually, that's another good point. Um, firstly, anyone that heard the term SA and doesn't know what it means, SA is serviced accommodation. It's a property strategy to do with um, like Airbnb. So it's taking properties and putting them on Airbnb. On a simple way of putting it, really, isn't it? Yeah. There's a lot more to it than that. But yes, yeah, that's, that's the, the really the simple e- version. The easiest way of putting it, yeah. I, t- I tell people all the time, it's just a, it's just professional Airbnb host. I think it's probably the easiest way of saying it. We list on loads of other platforms. Um, but yeah, mainly just yeah creating um, like hotel quality uh, accommodation in a house, typically with garden parking kitchen yeah. dining room living room areas as a plus yeah and you can sleep multiple people whereas in a hotel room it's just you and a maybe an ensuite yeah 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 no no that's what i do as well so um i fully yeah it's a good strategy i love it um so thank you for sharing that that was quite a lot um in terms of very personal very personal to you so thank you for sharing that and i think it really opens the mind again so i think really this if we could summarize this episode we have talked about power teams and and HR and how you got into your process, but actually what it all leads back to is your mind and your mindset. If you haven't got the mind for it, you're not going to going to be able to put everything into what you want to do. So really, if you're struggling, reach out. If you're not sure what to do and you're thinking negatively, perhaps it's a mindset issue and perhaps you need to look into that. Yeah, and I think it's, uh, I, I was listening to somebody yesterday talk at, mastermind that we were at and they were just talking about just reframing some of the words you use is mm. checking it's very simple from going um i will do that to or i might do that to i will do that or yeah. i will achieve this thing to i might do this this year mm. um and you know i'm not very good at this thing i'm still learning to be good at that thing yeah, yeah, yeah i'm yeah. learning this thing rather than um it's, it's a very English British thing to do is just be sort of bit negative about a lot of stuff. But when you're in a position where you need to turn up every day to make your business work and you need to be on it, then you need to, to have the ability to kind of not to be able to cut that noise out. Yeah. Um, I am not perfect at this. Like I'm 
my self-talk is atrocious at times. Uh, I voiced it outwardly one time. I, can, I, again, couldn't tell you the context. I can vividly remember the conversation. And I said something. And the person I was saying it to it, like, kind of drew a breath and was like, <gasps> and, like, kind of moved away from me and kind of went, oh, what? And I, and I basically just been calling myself this thing for weeks. And as soon as I outwardly said it to somebody else, I was like, and then I heard it and I was like, oh, oh, yeah. I was like, why am I? Like, and, you, and you just don't realize. Yeah, you don't. Like, if, you, if you'd say some of the things you said yourself internally to other people, you would be a horrible person, but yet we mm. feel it's comfortable and it's, an, and it's an okay thing to do to go, yeah, you're a piece of shit today. You can't really do this. You don't deserve this opportunity. And, and whereas actually the only person it's affecting is you and the only person that's then not getting what you want is you. Mm, mm. Um, so yeah, I think um, that's, yeah, meant, like mindset is all of it. Um, yeah. So I, I for me, it's everything that I work on is on a daily basis is, what can I do to be better? How can I be a better person and turn up better? How can I communicate better? Can I listen better? Am I improving there? Yep, yeah. Where was I good today? Where was I bad today? Um, I'm very internally focused on that those things because mm. hopefully external-wise, the results and the business stuff and the family life and all of that stuff will work if if I'm working on me. And ultimately, I take me everywhere, right? Yes. As you do, yeah, 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 you take exactly. you everywhere. You are you. You are the thoughts that you have, the actions that you take. We can't get away from ourselves. No, no, exactly. And actually, you pick up on a word you just used then. You said, hopefully, actually, what you should be saying is it will bring this. It will do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, 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 like I said, I am not perfect and I no. am. No, no, no. I, exactly yeah, and I think I'm a work in progress. And I think, I think it's good to surround yourself with people that, um, I don't think we talked about this. Just surround yourself with great people. Yes. Um, you know, I'm on a mastermind program that we did together yesterday and that was great. And it's you're, you're around those people that really build you up and they are, they are great people that would call you out on that thing of that slight wording where I had no idea I said it, but psychologically that's in my head. So you, by you saying, you know, don't say that. Look, you need to reframe that. And you go, oh, yeah, I didn't even realize this. I did it. But yeah, yeah. if you get enough of those really great people around you that want you to do great things, want to push you forward, and then and then help you kind of improve your mindset along the way, then you're on to a winner. Mm -hmm. Is that saying? I don't. Well, I don't know the exact saying, but it's if you're surrounded by a load of people with they've got their the fires are lit and they're really going for it, and yours goes out, or your yours is you know not quite as powerful as theirs, they'll bring you up and they'll relight your fire, and you work as a group and community, and then you just keep building that, and that that, that is so so amazing, and that is what I found this year. My whole journey has been about being around people. Um, going back early this year, I was very lonely, um, but we're not going to go into that now. But now that I'm surrounded by a community of people, as soon as I have that doubt day or that slightly negative self-talk you speak to somebody else and they're like hold on a minute have you checked yourself and realized what you're doing here and that's what it's all about so um, mindset is key um, to all business I think I think um, another bit of advice that I would have loved to have known in the beginning mm -hmm. you can achieve whatever you want to achieve if you just allow yourself to develop the mental capacity to do those things oh I wish I could remember the quote I posted a quote this morning from Tony Robbins did you see it it was, um, you're only limited. Your only limitation is your imagination and 
consistency or something like that. I can't yeah, I think now. I've heard that. Uh, You'll have to add it in the bit later. Yeah, I'll add it into the bottom of the, the podcast. Here's titles. the quote that I couldn't quite remember quite. and slightly butchered during the podcast. It sounds better <laughs> later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's Tony Robbins. He's got some great quotes. <laughs> he's got a couple of good quotes. Yeah, he does, he's, he he's does. done a couple of good ones along the way, yeah. I'm trying to remember it now. Never mind. Anyway, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Thank um, you for having me. There's lots of great insights there for the viewers of the podcast. So thank you for that. And um, yeah, we'll look forward to catching up with you again in a few months, perhaps. Perfect. Thank you very much. Cheers, Andy. Cheers.